I'm Miles Kilby, and I want to welcome you to Encountering the Prophetic Podcast. My passion is to help people from all different walks experience God's voice. I believe, along with my guest, that Encountering the Prophetic has the power to change our lives and the lives of those around us. On this podcast, I want to help you learn how to hear God's voice and go deeper in the prophetic to spark change in your life and in others. Let's dive into Encountering the Prophetic now. I want to look if you could put it on the screen for me, Travis, in the uh, Passion Translation, uh, Ephesians, the third chapter, starting in verse 14, and then I'm going to go to Isaiah, the sixth chapter. Uh, this is what the Apostle Paul said. He said, So I kneel humbly in all before the Father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the perfect father of every father and child in heaven and on the earth. And I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. That's so powerful what he says in this prayer because he says, I pray that that God would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory. The unlimited riches of the glory of God being unveiled inside of us, in us, through us. And so while we were worshiping, I heard the Lord say, I want to fill, I want to fill you with my glory. I want to fill my people with my glory. When I began to think about that, um, I love Isaiah, the sixth chapter. So I'm going to go to Isaiah six. It says in the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, lofty and exalted with the train of his robe filling the temple. And so when I heard that, when I heard the Spirit of the Lord say that, he said, and you're the temple that I'm filling. He said, you're the temple that I'm filling. No longer is it a temple that's made with human hands, but he says, I'm filling you. I'm filling you. You're my temple. And so, in the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, lofty and exalted, with the train of his robe filling the temple. The train of his robe flowing down is like a picture of the glory coming in. It's a picture of the glory of God flooding into the temple. And it continues to flood in. And that, that's what God is doing. He's flooding us with His glory, with His presence. He's completely flooding us and unveiling in us the riches of His glory. The unlimited riches of His glory is being unveiled inside of us as He pours out His glory in His presence. So he's releasing this upon his church. He's releasing this upon the worshiping bride. The worshiping bride. The bride that is worshiping him. The remnant. The worshiping bride. God is releasing his glory upon us. So it says the train of his robe is filling the temple. It doesn't say it filled the temple. It says filling. And so that means the glory is continually being poured out. Continually being poured out. It's not just a one-time outpouring, but it's a continuation 
of the release of His glory out of heaven. Hallelujah. Saturday, yesterday I was ministering uh, from Daniel, the seventh chapter, about how the throne of God has wheels on it. Uh, Daniel 7 says that the throne of God has wheels that are a blazing flame on it. And that how from out of his throne flows a river of fire from the throne of God. Now, the throne of God, what Daniel saw, it said it had wheels of fire on it. And so the throne of God is mobile. It, it moves it moves around. And so where God sets up his throne is where true worship is. Where God sets up his throne is where his kingdom is. Where God sets up his throne is in you. And so from that throne flows out a river of glory that's a fire. It's a fire from out of his throne. It's the glory of God. And so this is what is filling us. God is filling us with his manifested presence and glory. He's filling the temple. He's filling us to overflow. Some of you, you need to be refueled. Refueled. Fueled back up. You're running low on gas. You're tired. You need strength. You need energy. So God comes and releases a fresh wave of His presence and His glory that washes over us, that runs through us, that fills us to overflow, that changes us and transforms us in a moment of time. Amen? God invades our time where we are. He changes the course of our life. He re-energizes. He strengthens he pours out his presence. And so he brings us into a place of complete rest in him. There's no turmoil there. There's no unrest. There's no chaos. It's complete peace when his glory descends like that. There is complete peace in here. You can feel the peace. I can feel the peace. I can feel the rest of God because His glory rested down in here. It just rested down. And so that's what He desires to do. He desires to release that out of heaven to fill us to overflow. Releasing the overflow of His glory. So that is what God is He's moving supernaturally upon the worshiping bride, the bride of Christ, who's worshiping Him in spirit and in truth, who is crying out before the throne of God day and night, night and day, who's continually worshiping Him, offering up a sacrifice of worship, and praise to God. Notice that it says here, in the year of King Uzziah's death, is when he saw the Lord and the glory began to flow and pour out into the prophet's life. And so, in death, that's what the Lord told me. He said, in death is where I pour out my glory. The greatest glory that you will experience in your life is when you have completely died to self. There's none, there's none of you left. You're completely dead to yourself. You're completely dead to your selfish motives and ambitions. You're completely dead to all of that. And the glory just floods down and resurrects you in that place of death. Amen? And so, in death, God reveals His greatest glory. Even in your life, when, when family members die, 
it's a change of a new season. You're going to experience the glory of God like you've never experienced before. Somebody needs to hear that. Whenever an influential person in your life dies, get ready because God is about to release a fresh outpouring of His glory upon your life. Whenever highly influential leaders and Christian leaders, I believe, die, God has the next move of His glory coming into the earth. The next wave of His glory is coming to be released. And so the same in our lives. Whenever our family members die, our parents, brothers, sisters, whoever, God says, I'm ready for you to see my glory. I'm ready to pour out my glory on your life because I'm doing a new thing. And so in the midst of death, in the midst of dying, God comes with his life. His power, His presence, His glory. So when Jesus comes down and just completely changes us in that moment in our life. So I don't know about you, but I, I need to be continually changed and filled with His glory. Because something just changed in here today. Something just changed in, in me in here today. Just in those moments when God descends, as the worship goes up, as the praise goes up, as the intercession and prayer goes up, His glory begins to descend. His glory begins to descend. His glory begins to fill. He begins to fill the temple. And the Lord said, you and I were that temple He's talking about. The train of his robe, the train of his glory is filling this temple. He's filling your temple to where you're going to be an overflow of the glory of God. You're carrying that presence. You're the Ark of the Covenant. You're the presence of God that's mobile. God has established and set up his throne on the inside of you. And he rules and reigns from that place in the earth. His kingdom is within you. That's what it says in the book of Luke. It says his kingdom is within you. The kingdom of God is within you. What does that mean? God has established his throne in you, in your heart, in your person. From your innermost being, God rules and reigns on His throne in your life. And every time you bow down in worship, you bowing down to Him on the inside and saying, God, I'm Yours. I'm Yours. I'm yielding to You. I'm used, use me for Your purpose. Use me for Your glory. Use me for Your kingdom. Fill me with Your glory and with Your presence. Continually fill me to overflow. And so it's just a continual outpouring and overflow of His presence in the glory of God. You know, it's like Rebecca King, she was asking me Saturday, she said, Man, we didn't realize what was in you because I, I look younger than I am. <laughs> and so everybody thinks that you know and it, it it's challenging because people judge you by your appearance because I have a youthful appearance glory to God thank God for that that means when I get 80 I'm going to look like I'm 60 right so that's a blessing and so, but that's what the glory does. When you're living for Jesus, that's what the glory does. He slows the aging process. So in the very beginning, when Adam, like I was telling them Saturday, he didn't need clothing. 
before the fall because he was clothed with the glory of God. There was no shame. There was no sin there. He lived in an atmosphere called Eden that surrounded him, the atmosphere of heaven. And then after the fall, how many years did Adam live? He lived to be 900-something years old. But the glory began to fade on his life over the years. But you can you imagine living 900-something years? No. Okay? You'd be like, oh, man, that, that hurt. Oh, I'm hurting um, down here. 900 years. Why did he live so long? Because the glory that he lived in, the glory that was on his life, and the glory that he lived in caused him to live way past, for years and years. Because originally he was created to live for eternity, forever. And so God had to make a way through Jesus Christ, his son, that we could continue to live on for eternity through the blood of Jesus Christ, our spirit man, our real us. Now our flesh will go back. But how many of you know God, is, God said he's going to create a new heaven and a new earth? And eventually, way down when, many thousands, I don't know how long, We'll be living there. And so his glory is your very breath, is what you breathe when you're in his kingdom. You know what they breathe in heaven? His glory. They breathe the glory of God. That's what they live off of. His glory is what gives them life. They're exhaling, inhaling His glory. So they're in heaven. There's no tainted atmosphere. There's no pollution in heaven. They're breathing the glory of God. Inhaling. And so that's what God is doing. He's, he's breathing new life into you. Into your lungs going to completely change your life. And so whenever you breathe in oxygen, oxygen goes throughout your entire body, through your blood. You know that? Amen. It's the same with the glory. When you inhale the glory of God, when you allow God to breathe new life into you, it changes your entire, your entire person. It changes, it changes your entire body. It goes throughout all your DNA, throughout all your blood, throughout all your bloodstream. And so that's what God loves to do. He loves to cleanse your bloodstream. Your blood is pure, purged, and cleansed. You know what doctors do when they're looking for diseases and different things in your body? What they do, they test your blood. Because that's where life is. The book of Leviticus says the life of a person is in their very blood and DNA. And so God, through the blood of Jesus, has completely transformed and recreated our DNA and made us a new creation. You're a new creation. You're a new person. You're not the old person that you used to be. That's no longer who you are. You're being changed from glory unto glory. From faith unto faith. You're being completely transformed from a caterpillar to a butterfly. You're being completely changed to where you no longer look the same. You are no longer the same person. You're changed from glory to glory, from one level, from one dimension to the next. And so that's what happens when we worship. God continues to pour out his presence and his glory. 
He, begin, he continues to fill the temple. To say, I'm the temple. I'm the temple. You're the temple of God. Yeah. That he's filling up. And so whenever you go back home. Whenever you're at home with your family, with your children. Whenever you're at home during your quiet time by yourself. In the, in the mornings, at night, throughout the day. Just let the glory come flood into your house. As you begin to worship Him. Worship Him until the glory descends, begins to flood in, into your home. The glory transforms. The glory changes. It changes things. It changes the atmosphere. It changes your way of thinking. It changes your mindset. You know, if you're negative all the time, you need to get in the glory. You need to get in the presence of God. If you're a complainer, you need to get in the presence of God. Because you would never receive from God com complaining about anything. It won't happen. It is impossible for you to receive from God if you complain. And so, God, when you're filled with the glory, your whole countenance changes. Your whole attitude changes. Your mind is renewed and changed. You take on a new perspective. You begin to see things from heaven. From heaven's perspective. Your whole outlook and view on everything changes. You cannot be negative and enter into the glory. It won't happen. It won't happen. Because you know what that is? That's, that's still attached to the old man. That has to die. And so whatever is hindering you from entering into the glory, it has to die. It has to go. Okay? So identify those things. The veil is getting very thin. You know, Saturday I heard the Lord say, I'm removing the veil. I'm removing the ceiling over you. Because I'm coming in with a new level of glory. And God, He's taken us behind the veil. He's taken us behind the veil through the blood of Jesus. According to Hebrews 10:19, the blood of Jesus has already made the way for you to enter in to the presence of God, into the holy place. It says, by the blood of Jesus. But at times, we have things that hinder us in our lives that are connected to the old man, to the flesh. Wrong attitudes, wrong belief systems that are trying to block us and hinder us from entering in to the presence Jesus has already made a way for you to have free access 24-7. It's our choice. Our will, our mind, our emotions. How we respond to the finished work of the cross. The finished work of the cross leads to the resurrected life and the glory of God. What raised Jesus from the death? The Spirit of God, the glory of God raised Him up and breathed new life into Him when He was resurrected. That same glory and presence dwells in you and I. That same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me and you. It dwells in us. That's the Spirit that resurrects you the spirit of glory. The spirit that brings new life. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. That means everywhere you go, you, re you release glory that brings resurrection. So dead things can't enter into that. There's a realm of glory that nothing dead can go into. There's death and then there's you go into life. Everything that comes into the glory comes to life. 
every dead thing comes back to life. There's resurrection that springs forth. And so in the year of King Uzziah's death, the prophet said, I saw, I saw the Lord. And what I want to tell you is that with this outpouring of the glory of God, God is releasing visions to his people. He's given his people vision. When you, in other words, when you come into the glory, you're going to begin to have visions, heavenly visions. God is going to begin to show you slides from heaven. He's going to show you PowerPoints from heaven. He's going to show you visions. Okay? And so that's what happens when the glory floods in. And when you enter into the glory, you're going to have heavenly visions from Him. In other words, God is going to show you in picture form things to come. He's going to show you in picture form things ahead. He's going to show you in picture form things that are happening in the Spirit. He's going to show you supernatural activity that's going on in the realm of the Spirit. He's going to show you even the scroll, your scroll out of heaven. He's going to unveil these things to you. And so today, whatever is hindering you from entering in, whether you're disappointed, whether you're upset, whether you're whatever, that has to die. It has to die today. I, I see uh, a lot of that disappointment will keep you from entering into the glory. It will. Being upset will keep you from entering into the glory. Those are tactics of Satan to try to flood your soul with those things to keep you out of the glory of God. They're distractions to try to keep you out of the presence of God. Disappointments, accusations, temptations, persecution, to try to keep you out from entering into the glory of God. But you know what happens? When persecution comes, and when persecution comes from a religious spirit, and you don't let it overtake you, the glory of God is going to flood in on the scene when persecution shows up. God is going to show himself strong. And so he's opening up the floodgates for his glory to flood into your life. When his glory floods your soul, you're going to feel like you're in heaven. You're still in earth, but you're going to think you're in heaven. You're living in heaven on earth. You carry heaven on earth. How much of heaven do you walk around with? How much of heaven do you go to Chick-fil-A with? How much of heaven do you go to the grocery store with? How much of heaven do you go to Walmart with? And so that, that glory, when it floods your soul, your entire soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, your entire being, your person. He's coming to completely consume us and to take possession of us with His glory. You receive that? Amen. Hallelujah. So I think about the Apostle Paul when he was still Saul and he was bringing great persecution against the church of God. And God had to arrest him on his way to Damascus. And so Paul testified that it was like a great light out of heaven. And then he began to hear the voice of Jesus speaking to him. He said, Paul, Paul, who are you persecuting the church? The glory came out and arrested him and then completely changed him and transformed him. That is what God is doing with his people. 
God is arresting his people and completely transforming us with his glory. That's why, in, you know, in dead churches, if there's no glory there, there's nothing happening there. There's no presence there. There's no worship. That's why the people aren't changing. They're just lukewarm Christians. They're just dead. Because they haven't been arrested. That's why you have pastors that commit suicide. Because they don't let the glory and the presence of God come in and arrest them. Programs are more important. Programs are never more important than the presence of God. And that's what the problem is in a lot of these churches, is that they put programs over presence. You can never put programs over the glory of God. That's why you have the pastors committing suicide, and then the flock is scattered. They're in dismay. Oh my gosh. My pastor. And that's horrible. That should never happen. But on top of their church, it has Ichabod on it. The glory has departed from here. The glory has departed. And I hate that. Because it grieves God greatly. I've been in all kinds of churches. And I'm not saying that to bash any churches. I love the church. But I know it's true. You know, I love the presence and glory of God too much to tell him that he can't come in. Because it's not my church. It's his church. Jesus is the leader of his church. It's nobody else's church. Even when other people say, oh, you go to so-and-so's church. or No, it ain't my church. I don't even like it when people say that. Because it's not mine. It's not my possession. I'm just a part of the church. I'm just a servant of God. But what God wants to do is come in and arrest His bride that she comes back to her first love with Him. Completely arrest His bride like He did the Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus. God arrested Him on His way when His glory came down and completely transformed His life. So that's what He's doing. He's coming to arrest our hearts. He's coming to completely arrest our beings. You know, He had to blind Paul for a time to completely transform him and change him. When the scales were removed off his eyes, he was a new man. He was a completely new person. A lot of the Christian leaders in the early church, they were scared. They didn't until they understood that, wow, this man had really been arrested by God and been completely transformed and changed. And so Paul, he spent, you know, I think it was 14 years in Arabia until he even came back to the apostles. He spent 14 years in Arabia seeking God, allowing God to change him, allowing God to work on him, allowing God to mold him, allowing God to form him, allowing God to download revelation into his life. And then he came back to the apostles. And so then then he began to hear the call of God on his life. When he came to the church of An- at Antioch, he wasn't recognized as an apostle. Really, he he wasn't uh, he wasn't God didn't send him until Acts 13. When he came to the church at Antioch, it says that there were prophets and teachers there and they were all ministering to the Lord and fasting. And then in that encounter, in that moment, the glory fell. 
and the Holy Spirit began to speak. See, when Paul first came to Antioch, he was with Barnabas, who was Paul's spiritual father. Barnabas was Paul's spiritual father. Barnabas mentored Paul and took him alongside him. And so when they first went out, it was Barnabas and Paul. Barnabas was the leader, but Paul was his his mentee. And then there was a transition to where it flipped, it changed, to where it was then Paul and Barnabas. And then Paul moved into the lead position of leading their missions and planning churches, building up congregations in different cities and places. But in Acts 13, when the glory came down and rested, then the apostles began, were sent. Paul was an apostle sent to the Gentiles. He was sent out. The Bible says he was sent out by the Holy Spirit. And so that's what happens when the glory comes. When the glory comes, God will send you to different places. He'll send you out. He'll release you. He'll reveal purpose. He'll reveal your assignment for that season. That's why you have to be in the glory. If you're not in the glory realm, you can't hear the assignment. If you're not in the glory in the presence of God, that's the launching pad. Is out of His presence. God launches you out from His glory. That's why Moses said, I can't go unless your glory goes with me. Moses knew. He said, I can't go, God, unless your glory goes. He understood that the glory was what carried him, what launched him out in his, into his assignment. So God reveals, same thing with Moses. When Moses encountered the burning bush, God called out to him, Moses, Moses, this is what I've called you to. It was out of the glory that he was released. God sent him. And so this is why we have to live in the glory and the presence. God reveals our destination, our destiny. God discloses and unveils revelation of what he has for our lives. He reveals our assignments. He reveals our calling. He reveals who we are in him. Our assignments, our calling, all of these things come out of that place. And God deposits into us the glory that's going to carry us for the assignment. Hallelujah. That's powerful. The Lord also told me is that when we cry out, holy, holy, holy to Him, when we begin to worship like that, we're coming into agreement with the worship of heaven. We're coming into unity with the worship of heaven. That's why the glory came. The glory descended because we came into agreement with the worship that's in heaven. So God said, I have to, my atmosphere can be there. My glory can be there. You'll be forever changed. Forever changed in his presence. Wow. It's amazing. I'm just so thankful. I'm so thankful for the presence of God, for the glory of God, for changing my life, for changing me continually as as we give ourselves to Him. He continually changes, changes us. He takes us from one level of glory to the next. He's changing us from glory to glory, from level to level. And that's so powerful. So I just want to tell you, I want to challenge you. What 
what needs to die in you? What needs to die in your life? What needs to be buried? You know, if there's things from your past that need to be buried, bury them. If there are things that you're struggling with now, bury them. Nail them to the cross of Christ. And I, it's like I just see even now people nailing things to the cross. And as you pass through the cross, you're coming into a realm of His glory and a realm of His presence. You know, there's all things that we're ashamed of that we wish we'd never done. I've got a lot of them, a lot of things. But that stuff is buried. It's nailed to the cross. It's, it's completely done with. It's washed away. And I'm going into the promise. I'm going into the glory of God. That's what God has for us. Past the cross, beyond the veil, through the cross, and into the promise. You and I were hidden in Christ. You know, we're, we're wrapped up in Him, in His glory, in His presence. And God... Christ in you is the hope of glory that people are looking for. The glory of God is in you. And it's Christ in you, the hope of glory, that's wanting to reveal Himself to other people. That's their hope. Because when they see that glory of Christ being revealed through you, they're going to see heaven. They're going to see Jesus. They're going to feel the atmosphere of heaven. They're going to feel the presence of God. And you know what it should you know what it should happen? When people meet us because we're so full of the glory and the presence of God, they get arrested by the presence of Almighty God. Whenever people meet us, they say, there's something different about you. I can't get away from it. They get arrested when they meet you. They get arrested by the glory whenever they encounter you. Because you're full of God. You're full of His glory. You're full of His presence. And He just arrests them right in that encounter. Right in that moment. And everything changes in that moment in time. They're forever changed. They'll never forget that experience of when they met you. Someone who was filled with the glory of God. Someone who's a son and a daughter who's carrying His presence. They get arrested. They see the glory of God in your eyes in your countenance. They hear the glory, the sound of glory in your voice. And they feel the love of the Father whenever you open your mouth. The love of the Father reaches out and embraces them. Christ in you is the hope of all glory that all these people are looking for. They're waiting to be arrested by God. To be taken hold of. To be apprehended. That's what Paul said. He said, I have been apprehended by God. He completely grabbed hold of me. He apprehended me. And so that's what he's doing with us today, church. He's apprehending us. Pouring out His presence and His glory. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We honor you right now. We bless you. Thank you, God, that you have apprehended us. You've taken hold of us today. God, you've taken over my heart. You've taken over my mind. 
You've completely consumed me. I am your possession. I am yours. And you are mine. I've been apprehended by the Father. Consumed with His presence and glory. God, we thank You for Your glory filling us. Let Your glory fill this temple. Let Your glory fill this place. Fill us up, God. Fill us to overflow. We thank you and we bless you right now for your holy presence in our lives. And we honor you, God. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Meditate on those scriptures when you have time. And think about any blockages when you go back to your home, when you go back to your prayer closet where you pray, where you spend time with the Father with. And He's going to flood that place. God is going to flood your secret place. God is going to flood your home. You know, it's going to be so extravagant. Because this is how God is moving in this day and in this hour. You transition from uh, from just operating in faith and the anointing. And you transition into the glory. And God takes you to a new level. You know, I'll never forget when I was first filled with the Spirit. I came to a place where I said, God, there's got to be more than this. I was so hungry. I said, God, there has to be more. And then I was out in my parents' garage one day going through some boxes. And I found a book called The Anointing by Benny Hinn in the garage. And so I just started consuming it because there was more. And so I was learning and receiving the anointing from the Holy One. And then we come to places where we say, but there's got to be more. And then God gives us a revelation of His glory. And then you just continue eating and feasting. And then you always stay hungry. When you're, when you're saying there's got to be more. That's the cry of a hungry person. There's got to be more, God. I need more of you. There's got to be more. I'm not content with just staying in this place. I was there a year ago. You know, I was there two years ago. I was in that same place, God. I can't stay there. There has to be more. And that's what continues to propel you and push you into the deep. It launches you out into that place. That hunger is what launches you out into it into those deep waters to where you hunger for the deepest riches and glory of Christ to be completely unveiled and opened up to you. I shared this last night. I'll share this with you all. The Lord gave me a key to cultivate hunger and it's in communion in receiving communion 
that when you partake of his body, when you eat his flesh, the Lord, when you taste him, you want more. You want more of him. It's never satisfied. You have to taste him. And so as we partake, that's part of communion. As we partake of the body and drink his blood, we're actually part we're eating of him. We're eating his flesh. We're we're we get hungrier for God. As we consume him, as we digest him into our lives. We want more of him. Amen. That's so good. So good. He continues to blow me away. Continues to just completely amaze me with how he's moving and what he's doing. And just the revelation. Because the thing about revelation is that revelation gives you access to what you just heard or what God just showed you. Revelation is a key that unlocks new things. So when God gives you revelation of something, He's given you a key to step into something new. He's given you access. Amen. Thank you for joining us on Encountering the Prophetic. Subscribe to our podcast to receive more powerful teachings that will equip you to live a victorious life. For more information about our ministries, go to www.mileskilby.com. You can also follow me on social media to receive daily encouragement and prophetic words on Facebook by searching at Miles Kilby Ministries or on Instagram by searching Miles underscore Kilby. We'll see you on the next episode of Encountering the Prophetic.